Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be across the nation or around the world. Once again, you are listening to the VMware Community's Roundtable Podcast. Today is podcast number 502. The date is March 4th, 2020. My name is Eric Nelson, and with me today I have my alternative co-host, uh, Tony Foster, and it is a beautiful sunny day today. Tony Foster, how are you doing today? I'm doing simply wonderful, Eric. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's a very strange March with all the stuff going on with uh, the coronavirus. But uh, as usual, we're doing live streams, so that doesn't really affect us here today. So that's a, that's a good thing. On the show today, we're going to be talking to the infamous Kyle Ruddy on Power CLI. Kyle's here uh, on Zoom with us today. So if you want to take a, take a look at him, you can pop over to our YouTube channel and watch us live stream. Hey, YouTube guys, how you doing? Um, we're going to be talking about uh, Power CLI and what new coming out down the pipe pike with that as well as some of the fun things that are out there and flings uh, but before we get to Kyle we'll just do a little bit of the news and the news all we can say about the news is holy smokes everything that I know of is being canceled uh, because of the coronavirus uh, we're, we're just canceling all kinds of things so uh, KubeCon got canceled uh, the sales kickoff at VMware got canceled uh, the my local flea market where I sell my honey got canceled. Uh, we got everything canceled. The meetups we were running meetups at uh, VMware on campus in Palo Alto. Those are all canceled. So basically, anything that gets us on a plane and go to meet people and do things is basically be getting canceled. But what does that mean? Well, it means that we're going to be moving things more online. So we will still be doing events. We still will be doing sessions. We still will have opportunities to learn about the new products that are coming out. And I'll just say that, hey, on March 10th, we are doing a big launch. It is an online streaming event, so you don't have to get on a plane to go to that one. And you will get to hear Pat Gelsinger. Uh, you will get to hear, um, let's see, Pat Gelsinger, Joe Beta, and uh, Raghu Raghamaran, and one other guy that I can't remember. But uh, all the big guys are going to be out there. Ah, let's see, our, our, our old CTO, don't remember his name. But we're going to be doing a launch event. Uh, you'll want to see that March 10th. It's going to be uh, an hour of your time, maybe a little bit less. You can come in and do that. We're going to be running those across the globe. So uh, Europe has their own. So look for the signups for those. U.S. has their own. And APJ has their own. They're going to be in the... Uh, in language, I believe, with translations and so forth. So uh, definitely look for March 10th. Sign up. Uh, join us on live stream because I think for the, the rest of this year, most of your opportunity to learn all the things that are going on in IT from VMware are going to be live streamed. Um, so with that, I would say that those that's the big things in the news. 
that I've got. And I'll throw it back to Tony Foster. Uh, Tony, you're in uh, central uh, U.S. I know in the, on, the, on the coast we're seeing all kinds of things locked down, uh, but that's because the coast, San Francisco and the Bay Area, you know, we're getting a lot of the front. Um, are you guys seeing this in the, in the central part of the, the country as well? So uh, at this time, not yet. It, it's been great weather here. There haven't been a whole lot of uh, impacts to programs happening here in the Midwest. In fact, here about 45 minutes ago, I got a uh, invite slash reminder for the local VMUG meeting. Um, so okay. everything's still uh, fairly well functional here in the heart of the Midwest. I know things have been uh, impacted down towards Texas and up towards Chicago, but uh, most of the rest of the Midwest is functioning as normal. Okay. Well, um, that's, a, that's what I would say. I, we're definitely at a big corporate land. I'm glad that it's, you're still, still moving forward with events. Uh, I, I question some of the things that we've got going on. Like even uh, tomorrow we have a team dinner, right, because people are flying in, Tommy Berry, Josh Millenthal, uh, uh, Jenny Gonzalez, and others are in town for our normal 2020 planning. And we're asking ourselves, do we, can we go out to dinner, right? Like, can we take 10 people out to dinner and to engage? Um, I think the VMware travel policies, if it's less than 50 people, you can still have the, still have the events. Anything over 50 people, they want you to cancel it. So it's an interesting time, but I think for our, from, from our perspective, uh, it just means that we're going to double down on some of the live stream stuff. So one of the things that Kripa from the VMware Code Program is going to be announcing over the next two weeks is uh, the code sessions. We're going to be doing live stream code sessions for the rest of the year. We're going to try to do seven a month. Right, so a couple a week where we actually have the code speakers coming and talking on subjects where we record them. They will be live streamed, but they'll also be recorded. And we're going to double down on just getting the content to people uh, online because I think getting on planes is going to be these things that uh, it's going to get harder and harder to do as we go forward with that. Um, but that's uh, that's kind of in the news. Thought we would address that a little bit. If you're seeing cancellations, uh, you know, we're sorry about that. If uh, you know, if you if you are local, you can't go to your VMUG meeting, have a dinner. I think I think you're in good shape. Make sure you wash your hands. I'm not a health expert. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, but get sunlight and stay healthy. And uh, if you're under 70 years old, I don't I I don't think it's a I don't think it's going to be a big deal for any of us. Other than who wants to get the flu. With that, we'll move on. So on the show today, we're going to be talking about uh, Power CLI uh, and a little bit of the PowerShell release that's out. So Kyle Ruddy, thanks for being with us. Thanks for being on the call. How you been? Been good. Been very good. Thank you, uh, you know, for having me. Yeah, yeah. It's always great to have you back on the show. Haven't talked to you for quite a while. Uh, why don't you tell anybody that's a new listener, you know, who are you? How long you been at VMware? What do you do? Give us an elevator pitch of, of who Kyle Ruddy is. Yeah, so I work for for VMware, obviously, in the uh, cloud platform business unit, uh, which is responsible for vSphere as well as VMware Cloud on AWS. And then within that group, I focus mainly on automation as well as, you know, developer technologies and, and frameworks. So that means that I do a lot of things with PowerCLI and PowerShell, do a lot of things with Python, uh, Java, you know, 
getting, you know, starting to dabble our toe into the water of Go uh, and some of our other different uh, SDK languages, as well as getting into the automation tooling area of it uh, with uh, PowerShell DSC, the Desired State Configuration Manager, uh, Terraform, Ansible, and you know, we're, we're you know, basically trying to, to get up to speed there. So we can help support all the folks who are using vSphere and, and VMware Cloud on AWS to, uh, you know, hopefully automate first. Yeah, that's uh, that's sweet. So how long did you say at VMware? Uh, let's see, I've been here almost four years. We're, we're about oh. a month away from, from the fourth year, you know, the, the now the picture uh, that area. Makes, uh, yeah. That makes Kyle Ruddy's beard, uh, you know, an old timer, right? If you're here four years, that's like longer than uh, half the company employees, right? Or some, some ridiculous number like that. So, and, and oh, your yeah. Twitter, yep. what is your Twitter handle, by the way? Is it at, is it the beard one or do you have a different one? No, so I, I have my, my personal one, and, and that's just at KM Ruddy. Uh, however, there is also the, the Kyle Ruddy beard one, uh, although, you know, I don't have access to it. I don't have the password to it. I've never tweeted it. I don't even follow it. Uh, so that one is kind of out there having a, you know, living its best life all that, on its I, own. Right. <laughs> that's hilarious. I think I put out there when I tweeted out this morning, I, I think I added the Kyle Ruddy beard one, which you would have not had any idea that I did that. Uh, so your, your handle is Kyle, K-Y-L-E-M Ruddy. What did you say? Uh, no, it's it's just K M R U D D Y. K M R U D D Y. There you go. So give him a follow, and uh, that's who Kyle Ruddy is. So thanks for giving us that uh, four years. Congrats. Um, so why don't we talk a little bit about uh, Power CLI? I hear that Microsoft has a new uh, new release of PowerShell out. So give everybody the five minute. Uh, what are we using uh, PowerShell and Power CLI for? Then we'll dive into you know what's new with Microsoft and the seven release, and then what are we working on here at VMware? Yeah, so PowerCLI is our set of modules that operate with PowerShell uh, to you know, basically give you the ability to automate all of the pieces in your uh, your VMware stack. Uh, so you know we have modules that are that give you commandlets and functionality to automate vSphere. You can automate uh, and manage you know Horizon View. VR Ops, VMware Cloud on AWS, you know, all these different pieces uh, within your, your vSphere and, and VMware environment. Um, so, you know, you can take all of this PowerShell knowledge that, that hopefully you already have and easily apply that out there uh, to your VMware environment. Um, PowerShell has, has been doing some really crazy things here lately. Um, so, you know, just today, like literally as of, I think, two, maybe three hours ago, the blog post went live and, and all of the downloads started. So now you can access PowerShell 7, uh, which is the, the, the latest major release uh, that makes use of their multi-platform offering, you know, which basically, you know, a year ago, or actually at this point, a little more than, more than a year ago, they released PowerShell Core, or, uh, which ended up turning it into PowerShell 6. Uh, which allows you to operate PowerShell on Mac OS, Linux. Uh, you can even install it on Windows-based systems as well. Uh, and, and just gives you, you know, the, the feel of PowerShell across any operating system that, that you choose to, to make use of. Now, the other right. really cool part, yeah. That's interesting in its own right, in that that turned the corner from it being just 
a Microsoft only kind of automate, you know, Windows environments to now, hey, this is like a, a, a tool for, you know, doing DevOps kind of work, right, where you can control all the infrastructure doesn't matter which platform you're on. You can do it on Linux, you can do it on Mac OS, or you can do it on Microsoft, right? And that they, they pulled that release out, made it its own release, ended up calling it, you know, PowerShell 6. And now they're in that, that release cadence of doing new releases across the platform. Do they actually sell it now because it's separate? Do they, do they, do they bundle it? Is it free? How does that work? Yeah, it's totally free. It's even open sourced. Uh, which is another crazy thing of, of like, you know, Microsoft going out there offering something that's not only Windows based, uh, but then also offering something that's open source. Um, it, it's been pretty wild to, to really watch the community, like really adapt to it. Uh, you know, at, at one of the PowerShell conferences last year, I think it was PowerShell Summit Asia there in Bangalore, they, they announced that they are over the threshold of, of a 50-50 split of internal Microsoft employees versus community members uh, making contributions into that open source repository, uh, which is amazing. It, you know, it's spectacular work by the by the community to to really grab hold onto onto the PowerShell release and and just continue to make it better and better. Um, and and that's a lot of what I think we're we're going to see with the the PowerShell seven release. Yeah, that's so, a, yeah, all right. That's yeah, yeah, that's that yeah. is complete. Yeah, turn the corner, and you got to give credit to Microsoft for getting a clue and uh, and actually jumping in to the compute industry and being a participant instead of just trying to control and dominate everything. So that's 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 awesome. So what's yeah, new it, with? Uh, yeah, go go ahead. Well, I mean, it, it's just you know, new world for Microsoft. You know, when when you look at it, they've totally yeah, turned I, a corner. It's wild. I, I agree. And I think they had to do that because I think in the end, Linux is, is getting enough momentum that if they didn't start playing the way the rest of the industry plays with Linux, they were, they were going to have, have trouble of their own. It's kind of like us having the need to embrace cloud. If you completely ignore cloud, you're, you're doing it at your own peril because you know, the, the industry is you know, going to expand and do other things, and you either get there or you don't. And I think this is what Microsoft has realized. It's, it's in their best interest to expand and grow into the industry as opposed to just try to battle it completely all the time. Yeah. Right. So and, power and you're kind of seeing it with us, you know, with the with the whole Kubernetes story, you know, trying to run, you know, any kind of workload, uh, you know, anywhere. Now, so did, it's, a, did, it's a new time for all of these companies. Did Microsoft choose the the number 7 because they knew that this was a big 7 year for us and so you know, they're they're trying to get <laughs> for our purposes, right? Um, and I think I'm allowed to say that number seven related to VMware products yet until maybe after March 10th, but, uh, but uh, I don't think there's any synchronization between the two companies on, on the nomenclature, I think. But. No, I, I mean, I, I think if, if it were up to us, we would like to have seen them go with, you know, PowerShell maybe 11, you know, seen, seen as how we're at PowerShell CLI version 11.5, you know, would have liked to see that. But, you know, it is what it is. We'll, we'll take whatever we can get. So getting to PowerCLI, we are on 11.5. Uh, 
right? Uh, was there any, you know, what is in a dot? Like when did 11 come out and uh, what's it, what, are the, what are the things that are kind of moving the needle with regard to with, you know, where we are with PowerCLI right now? Would you classify these things as features, as adoption, as expansion into platform? Uh, where, where, what's the state of the world when, when it comes to PowerCLI and what have we been focusing our time on? Uh, yeah, so when it comes to Power CLI, it's, you know, basically all the above, you know, all the things, you know, if, if there's performance and improvements that we can make, we do that. If there's uh, new commandlets that we can add, we do that. If there's, you know, bugs or, or other issues that have come around, you know, we focus on that as well. Uh, pretty much in, in any way, shape, or form that we can help improve Power CLI as a release, you know, as a set of modules, that's what we do. Um, so this is one of those incremental releases, which which means you know generally it's it's a smaller version, um, and you know but we're we're also releasing uh, releasing at a at a much faster pace, you know. So if you go back a couple years ago, uh, before we were in the uh, in the PowerShell gallery, before we were uh, doing some of those things of that nature, we were releasing you know once maybe twice a year if if you know if the stars and the moon aligned. Uh, whereas now we're, you know, last year we released six times, you know, we're, we're able to iterate much faster, get those improvements out. Uh, this year, I think we're going to be on pace for probably uh, quarterly releases, you know, so we'll, we'll get four new releases out this year. Um, the 11.5 release, it's, it's been out there for, for a little while. It's, you know, since uh, October, November of last year, uh, we took a big look at uh, a lot of what we were hearing as feedback. So we took a look at uh, adding some improvements for alarms. Uh, you know, that's that's always been one of those big things that, you know, you can do, you know, a fair amount of things, but you couldn't do everything. Um, so we we added uh, what five or six new commandlets around alarm management, um, which you know basically allows you to use those high-level, easy-to-use uh, functions and commandlets to to create new alarms. Uh, we took a big look at content library. Um, you know, as I cover VMware Cloud on AWS, you know, content library is one of the easiest ways to get things from your on-premises environment into your VMC-based environment. Um, so we we added uh, what like 10 new commandlets for for content library. Um, this was also one of the the first big releases. Uh, you know, since I know we'll talk about REST APIs later. I, I won't uh, harp on this too much now, but you know, content library was one of the first things that was really offered as a REST API going back to vSphere 6. Um, so you know, as we've started to age out some of our older vSphere versions, you know, in this case, you know, 5.5 was end of life. Uh, that means that we can now add in some functionality in the Power CLI since we're working with version 6.0 and newer. Uh, so we added a whole bunch of new things for that. Uh, we also um, bolstered up the, the VMC module, you know, so now you can uh, do some very simple, uh, straightforward automation uh, methods and operations uh, through PowerCLI. You know, you can create a brand new uh, VMware Cloud on AWS based SDDC. Just, you know, type in new dash VMC SDDC, you know, super easy. Um, and then we're, we're also taking a look at doing some of the bug fixes that are out there. There were some HCX things. Um, there's, there seems like there's, there's always something going on with networking. Um, you know, in, in this case, we were having some issues 
uh, with uh, creating a, um, or rather pulling back some information about virtual port groups. Um, if the, your, your host you know, that you're making this call against doesn't have uh, a standard port group, you know, so something, something weird that popped up there, um, you know, nice. all nice. kinds of what things. Yeah. So I'll, so I'll loop back and uh, and mention content content library, right? So and drill down a little bit on that. Like uh, we, so, content library is. Why don't you take us through content library and how you would then use it in order to you know get things up on AWS, right? And then you've you've built uh, some modules there that allow us to you know automate pulling things in and sticking them in content library. Uh, why don't you just drill down a minute on that? Yeah. Sure. Uh, so content library is is one of those things that it, it's been out there for a while. Uh, I don't see too many customers that are actually using it, um, but it's a, a really easy way to set up kind of a, a hosted repository of items within your, your vSphere environment. Uh, so a content library is a thing you can import items into it. These items can be anything from, from scripts uh, that'll be important here in, in a little bit when we talk about uh, new functionalities. You can import ISOs, uh, which is really nice when you're having to mount ISOs to different VMs across your environment, uh, or even getting to the point of templates and, and different OVAs uh, as you're looking to deploy uh, new VMs and, and new workload types within your environment. You know, so you can all add these in. It's, it's uh, an object within your, your VMware, your vSphere environment, so it's already known. You know, very easy to right-click something and deploy from that. Uh, instead of having to reference something that, that's on-prem and then go through the process of sending that up to your VMware environment, uh, then when you get into, you know, maybe a little bit larger environments or maybe you have, you know, a test environment in your production environment, uh, you can link together your vCenters uh, through linked mode. And then at that point, you can, uh, you can basically start replicating all of the data that's in your content library. So you can upload it in one location. Content library will handle... Uh, the replication of that to your other uh, vCenter environments. And that's kind of where the VMware Cloud on AWS part comes into play, because the second that you link your, your VMware Cloud-based vCenter into your on-premises vCenter, then it will start replicating up your content library. So then instead of having to every single time reference your on-prem environment, you're just looking at your local instance. Uh, so it's, it's a whole lot faster. Uh, to deploy things it's a whole lot easier to deploy things and uh, you know in, at least in on my own accord um, and now you know we've we've added a whole bunch of command lists to allow you to automate this process as well so you know being able to, to import things really easily with new content library item uh, being able to go back modify and, and do all kinds of things that that are just really easy instead of having to go through um, and either use the low level um, uh, functionality of the CIS server uh, module, uh, or you know, being able to to go directly through REST. Right, that makes sense. Do you get? Do they get into like version control of content in the library, or you just manage that through the script? Do you keep track of that yourself? Uh, there's source control now. Nice. Uh, nice. That that was definitely one of the things that was asked for, and uh, you'll you'll see it now. When you say now, we're saying Power CLI 11.5? Uh, in vSphere, so it, at in, least 6.7. In 6.7, okay, all right, yep. cool. 
Nice. So that's keeping you busy, right? Um, and when did eleven <laughs> five come out? Did it, it? When when did that when did that come out? And does it work with seven? Uh, uh, Microsoft PowerShell 7. What's the compatibility between those? How long is 11.5 out? And does it work with 7 uh, or yeah, or 6, 6 only? What's, what's our story there? Yeah, so, so PowerCLI 11.5 came out you know, roughly late October, early November of last year. Um, so, you know, if, if you think about what, uh, you know, what I just mentioned about us looking at quarterly releases, you know, hopefully we're, we'll have a release here soon. Um, but it, you know, at the time of release, it was tested against all the available versions of PowerShell. Um, so this is something that we do across the board for uh, a lot of our, our software offerings, not just PowerCLI, but also vSphere and, uh, you know, everything across the board when it comes to VMware products is that we test it against the things that are out uh, at that point in time. So when I say that, it's been tested against PowerShell 5.1, PowerShell 5, PowerShell 6, uh, but at that point in time, uh, PowerShell 7, I think was maybe in, um, you know, it, it, I think it was probably preview, maybe release candidate one uh, when that came out. Uh, we've done some of our own testing internally, uh, but that's not something that, that we're going to uh, go backwards and, and add support to. Uh, whatever the next version of PowerCLI is, you'll probably see that uh, support statement come with that. Uh, but, you know, definitely try it out. You know, don't let that hinder your, your look into using uh, or trying out PowerShell 7. But, you know, there's, there's already been a couple comments on the PowerShell side. You know, some documentation is, is lacking certain pieces for PowerShell 7. So, you know, try it out, but it's still in one of those tests but verify. You know, so if you have a test environment, you have something along those lines, you know, definitely use it there. Um, and, you know, with any, especially major release, you know, definitely uh, check whether or not your resources work the same as they did before, as they do uh, with the current version. Okay, cool. I'm looking at chat, and there, I know that question came from chat, um, so I'll, I'll ask a couple other questions that are in chat here. I'll just, I'll just check through them. Is PowerCLI open sourced? Uh, so that's one. Yeah, so PowerCLI is not open sourced. Um, we do have one piece, uh, which is the, the DSC resources or PowerShell desired state configuration resources for VMware. Uh, and that is an open source project uh, that's out there on GitHub. Uh, hopefully we'll, we'll talk about that here shortly um, in a little more depth. But, uh, but that is currently our only PowerCLI based um, item that's, that's open source. Uh, that okay. is something that's been asked for a ton. Um, that is something that's out there uh, on the PowerCLI public feature request page. Um, so if that's something that's that's important to you, you know, please go out there and and uh, and you know upvote that to let us know, uh, you know, where that sits with you. Okay, cool. Next one is just a shout out saying William Lamb has a public content library for guests. So if you're listening to this podcast, you can go look at that link. It's on virtualghetto.com, 2017-06, new nested ESXi content library. So that's out there. Um, and let's see what else we've got. Uh, I don't think any of these other ones. There's uh, support status regarding Power NSX or alternative to Power NSX. What is the status of NSX support in Power CLI? That's a good one. Yeah, so so Power NSX is a is a fun one. So that's the 
community created and supported um, set of modules uh, to really use PowerShell uh, with NSXV. Um, so there's there's been a lot of ask for it, um, and you know I, I put in the uh, the PowerCLI ideas site. Uh, that's our 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 public feature request site. Um, that has definitely seen a lot of of updates and and votes for that uh, as well. However, I, so far that's not something that's uh, that has been committed to uh, from either you know the the product manager side nor from the engineering side. Um, so you know NSXV stuff is is probably going to remain a, a community based effort uh, through the NS through the Power NSX modules. Um, I see Graham just mentioned NSXT. Uh, we do already have a um, an NSXT module that works with Power CLI. It's going to be a low-level module, so you know basically you're you're doing a lot of you know get NSXT service uh, for that right now. Uh, you are going to see a lot more functionality being added to it. Um, you know NSXT is kind of the the networking backbone for VMware Cloud on AWS, um, and we've been uh, working pretty hard to to add some functionality there so that not just you know deploying and managing your SDDCs, but also being able to uh, make some improvements to the networking for it. So I, I think you'll see NSXT get some get some new uh, new fresh updates here shortly. Um, as far as whether or not NSXT is going away, I have no idea. Makes sense. Right. Uh, great questions. And just for anybody that's listening, if you ever are online at 12 noon Pacific Standard Time, you can jump on vmw.re slash pod and be part of the conversation. We follow chat and we will you know, engage with people that uh, join us uh, and ask questions during the podcast. It's always been that way. And uh, some people come, some people don't. So always great to have you jump in and ask questions. Um, all right, so that's Power CLI. I think it's a you know the, it's something that um, you know has been growing. I love the multi-platform support uh, that Microsoft's doing for PowerShell, so that makes it super interesting. Uh, when we transition to REST APIs and we talk about uh, me building my web app, I assume uh, that's why we're doing REST APIs. Um, why don't we talk a little bit about Python and REST APIs and use cases for automation? Using the REST APIs uh, into the into into our products, and I, I know that we have a lot of our goals to have REST APIs for everything to be able to build web apps. I would assume that they're doing very similar things. Uh, why don't you take us a little bit through that, and uh, and then I'll ask a couple questions around uh, PowerCLI and REST APIs working together. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about REST APIs and Python? Yeah. So one of the things that we've been doing. Uh, you know, even, you know, in vSphere 6, we kind of had a sneak peek of, of what the future was really going to look like for, uh, for vCenter and, and some REST APIs, you know, out there was content library and tagging was the other big one. Uh, and then along the way, we're, we're basically just trying to get it to the point of, you know, making it easy to use our APIs. You know, if, if you've ever tried to use the, the, uh, the vSphere Web Services APIs, this is SOAP-based. Um, a lot of times that, you know, the, the, you know, getting started path is, is really hard. Um, you know, there's, there's this cliff of, of trying to, you know, build up to it. Um, I'll use Graham's term right there, you know, feeling the pain uh, whenever you use SOAP APIs. So by moving this and transitioning over to REST 
uh, based APIs for vCenter is really about usability um, and a lot about performance as well. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're trying to make any new feature that's released is going to, to have a REST API. Uh, you know, we're following through with this by, uh, you know, as we progressed away from having a Windows-based vCenter and switching over to the vCSA, you know, a lot, if not all, of the management pieces for the vCSA are available through the REST API. You know, so, you know, hit up your, your vCenter URL slash REST. Uh, actually technically slash API and then it's you know appliance there's all of your all of the things that you can do you can change your your root password you can change the the days where your password um, you know when that times out you can change your networking pieces you can do backup jobs like that was the that was one of the big first things that, that was really amazing um, as far as you know, the REST API and, and the appliance side was being able to do these file-based backups. You know, if you log in through the VAMI or the, uh, the vSphere appliance management interface, uh, you know, you're going to have to log in with these root credentials. However, the API allows you to log in with your own SSO uh, credentials through a, through a different administrator-based uh, permission. So instead of having to use your root password and you know send those out throughout your environment, which is very bad practice, you can now you know add in this. It, it's like system administrator or, or I role know that better off the top of my head, but yeah, following following some RBAC based uh, permission models, you can now use your own SSO accounts to log in and manage the appliance through the APIs as if you were doing it uh, through the VAMI uh, itself. Now, and then we've also kind of moved along uh, onto the vCenter side itself. So we, we've added new things such as uh, vCHA or, or vCenter uh, server high availability mode. That's available as a REST API. We've done a lot of the configurations that you can do for VM management as well. Um, now, you know, one of, the, one of the examples that I always like to, to, to talk about here is creating a VM. Like if you've gone through and created a VM through uh, the, you know, the web UI, you know, there's quite a few options that you can go through and, and set, you know, we're, we're talking what the guest OS is, we're talking, you know, CD-ROMs, uh, floppy drives, all kinds of craziness. You know, there are so many different options that, uh, that if you're new to, to a vCenter environment, it's kind of like analysis paralysis of like, what do I do with all of these things? Uh, well, if you go through the REST API, we'll actually make some of those decisions for you. Uh, so, you know, instead of having to go through, you know, numerous different clicks, or if you're in the SOAP API, uh, sitting down and, and having to write out, I think it's like 200 lines of code to, to define every piece of what a virtual machine is, uh, you can limit it down to essentially three or four lines uh, of, of a JSON file for a REST call. Uh, so, you know, we're trying to make this simple. So, you know, give it your guest OS and give it where you want that VM to live when it comes to, you know, cluster, you know, resource pool or, or what have you, uh, what folder it should live in, uh, and then what data store it should live in, and then boom. You know, so this, this isn't about, you know, just simplicity, but it's also about, you know, uh, trying to make it a whole lot easier to use and a whole lot more performant as well. Okay, that makes uh, sense. And, 
We're, we're moving. We're moving forward with REST APIs. Clearly, um, when we're talking language support, uh, Python or Go or others, how do you? What does that mean? Uh, if I have REST APIs, I assume I can just use them in whatever language I want. What when we talk about doing Python support or Go support, what do you what do you mean by that? Correct. So you know, one of the one of the other glorious pieces about a REST API is that you know any language that has built-in REST support can make use of these REST APIs. So there's there's no additional tooling that's required. You know, you just have to know how to how that language in particular operates against uh, REST API. Now on top of that, we're also doing these things known as uh, SDKs or software development kits, and these are you know very similar to like what PowerCLI is to PowerShell, you know, these are extensions to whatever native language uh, that you want to be in. So, uh, for example, we, we make vSphere automation SDKs is, is what they're called. Uh, and so that's Python, that's Ruby, uh, we have Java, we have .NET, we even have Perl, uh, and we even have one for REST, which is, uh, you know, essentially a, a, a JavaScript and a Postman collection. You know, so Postman's just a, a REST client. You know, you uh, import in your, your Postman collection, and then you have a, a nice friendly UI that you can sit there and, and make programmatic REST API calls with. Uh, now, all of these things are, you know, when it comes down to support, these are things that, that we've created. Uh, however, they are also open sourced, which is another really cool thing uh, that, you know, we're, we're also, you know, starting to, to dabble in and, and uh, you know, work forward in um, is, you know, so we have a bunch of people who are out there who are making contributions, uh, who are making improvements. Uh, one of the really cool things when, when you mentioned Python is, is that it was actually a community contribution that took us away from a, a you know, subpar manner of installing the Python SDK, the vSphere automation SDK for, for Python, uh, and uh, improved it to the point that we can now use PIP uh, or, you know, the your PIP installer, basically, Python-based right. installer, uh, and right. point it out to GitHub repo. It uh, pulls everything down and, and does the complete installation process for you. So, you know, that was a community contribution. Uh, shout out to them for, uh, for all the work that it took to, to make that function properly. Uh, but then these uh, things just have all, all these tools and pieces that, that make it a whole lot easier. Uh, to, to do things like authentication. Like authentication is probably the worst thing, uh, it, at least for me, you know, trying to figure out, okay, so I, I have either, you know, a username and password, and I have to pass that through, and now I have this session token that I have to worry about. You know, how often do I have to refresh my session token? Uh, it, you know, does it stale or get stale or does it time out? You know, so on and so forth. And, you know, at least for me, the SDK makes that a whole lot easier. Uh, as well as you know, being able to create the framework for some of the objects, so then I can just you know create this blank object and then just start populating each field of that object uh, you know, to just really simplify everything. And I know there's uh, there's repositories of uh, PowerCLI scripts that are out there to do various common stuff. Are people sharing source projects on GitHub or other places uh, around what they've built using the SDK? Or SDKs in each language. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, interestingly enough, so PowerCLI, we, we've tried to do a, a, a you know a curation job, trying to to you know pull a bunch of things and, and put them into one central repository. 
uh, out there in GitHub, particularly on the uh, VMware GitHub repo. Uh, however, when it comes to Python and some of the other you know, specific language-based uh, samples and scripts, uh, we're really just pointing them out to the VMware code sample repository, uh, to, the, to the sample exchange. Uh, so it's just code.vmware.com slash samples. Uh, and out there, you know, it's, it's not just for, you know, programming language specific items, but it's also things uh, like I believe there are some VROps dashboards, there's PowerCLI scripts, there's, uh, there's VRO stuff that's out there. There are all kinds of things that, you know, you can filter through and search and, uh, and what have you through. And, and that's probably been the, the best uh, area that I've seen uh, as far as, you know, collections of some of the, some of the more broader uh, programming language based resources. Yeah, because nobody wants to start code for free, you know, for from scratch, right? At least I don't like to do that, right? And as administrator, I don't like to do that. Um, so uh, GitHub has the VMware GitHub repository has PowerCLI things that you can go get, and then code.vmware.com has Sample Exchange, which allows you to slice and dice and search on things. And uh, there are examples out there that uh, people have have uploaded, right? Um, so, okay, those are the, those are two places. Uh, when uh, we talked earlier, we, uh, before we started this podcast, you mentioned VSC resources for VMware that are open source. Is, these, is, this, is, is, is VSC the name of, of these packages uh, for Python and others, or is that something different? Uh, so that's for PowerShell itself. Um, so what this is, is it's a set of PowerCLI-based resources that are taking uh, and using the PowerShell desired state configuration engine to then apply configuration management to uh, currently your vSphere environment. Uh, so, that, you know, th this is like the kind of the easy button for applying config management uh, through PowerShell and PowerCLI, you know, the things okay, so that the majority of us already know and love. You know, against your your vCenter. So that's just a bundle of nice things to have for PowerCLI. Or uh, I mean, they're they're actual like DSC based resources. So like it, you know, you can download them from the PowerShell gallery. They show up. You know, if if you call like get DSC resources, you know, they're a fantastic thing. I believe there, there was an update this morning, so I, I think we're going to be ready for a, a new release of those here uh, shortly as well. Uh, when it comes to configuration management for uh, some of the other languages, uh, you know, like Ansible is using Python un underneath the covers, uh, so it's using PyVMommy at the moment. Uh, however, right. we've been creating a couple more resources that also use the vSphere Automation SDK for Python. Uh, I believe the content library one that's, that was recently added out there um, is one that was developed internally and shared. Uh, we're working on a bunch of stuff with, with Terraform, you know, underneath the covers, Terraform is Go-based. Uh, so we have a beta release of the vSphere automation SDK for Go, uh, so that, you know, this is basically the, the way that we were able to make that Terraform provider exist. Um, one thing for the people who are listening, you know, the Terraform provider for VMware Cloud on AWS, it's available on GitHub. Uh, we are working on getting that over to the Terraform uh, registry. Uh, there's some, still some checks and balances that we're working through with HashiCorp, uh, but hopefully that'll be out there soon. Very good. Very good. Other things on the list to cover, uh, there's Fling, there's a Fling site. So why don't you take us through yeah. what's going on with the Fling site? 
Yeah, so one of the one of the extremely exciting things that uh, that we've been working on for a long time, um, and and really, you know, this again goes back to the uh, to the Power CLI feature request site uh, was you know this this notion of of a prior fling called Onyx, you know, this really easy way that you could uh, you know basically record all the activities that you were performing in the UI, uh, and then at the end you hit stop on the record button and it it spits out all the code to, to you know, allow you to reproduce those actions. Uh, now, this is something that we've converted and reintroduced to the HTML5 version of the vSphere client, uh, and that's what's known as today Code Capture. Now, Code Capture was introduced into the product fully supported as of 6.7 update two, vSphere 6.7 update two, I should say. Uh, so, you know, if you go into, into the client, there's the developer center and developer center code captions. Now, oh, what is it, two weeks ago, we made some additional improvements to the HTML5 fling. Um, and now you're going to see another older fling come back to life uh, in the form of power actions. Uh, now, if, for those that don't remember power actions, this was a, a really simple and easy way uh, that you could import scripts into your vCenter environment and then allow other people uh, to really run these um, in a contextual way. And when I say contextual, I mean like you're, you're able to right-click on a certain object, say a, a virtual machine, uh, and then out there, there's going to be a drop-down box that says run script. You, know, you click run script, it's going to show you those scripts that were imported into it, uh, and then you can all of a sudden, boom, run a script against this appliance with or run it against this object without ever leaving your your web client your your html5 web client uh, so we've we've added that in uh, that took a tremendous amount of work um, this is another one of those situations where huge shout out to microsoft again for you know releasing uh, powershell and a multi-platform capability uh, because we are absolutely making use of, of the multi-platform version of PowerShell underneath the covers to make this happen. Uh, you know, one of the one of the issues with with things like VRO and um, and using you know some of the older script host uh, type configurations was that Windows dependency. Um, and with this, uh, as part of this fling, there's no Windows dependency whatsoever. It's literally all contained in the in the OVA. And you just deploy the fling and boom, you're out there, you're ready to go. Uh, now, this also takes us back to uh, content library. Uh, you know, so content library, you know, easy way to import stuff and, and then make use of it. Well, this is what Power Actions is going to use underneath the covers as well. Uh, so, you know, when you're setting up Power Actions for the very first time, you're going to point it out to a content library. And that content mm -hmm. library is where it's going to import these scripts. Uh, that then, you know, yourself and other users can then uh, make use of within the environment. Uh, so that's, that's a really cool yeah. capability. Right, that is cool. You can define what, what your scripts are, put them out in content library, and it'll automatically put them up and you can right click on an object and get the list of, of things you want, actions you want to do. Yep, just like magic. Yeah, that's pretty nice. Um, there's a couple questions in the chat. Maybe we give a second, and I got a I got a project specific question that, that I'll ask you off the cuff. Um, so, uh, will it allow us to fire off PowerCLI scripts from vCenter alarms? I don't know. Graham asked that, but don't know in what context that was uh, asked. Yeah, so, don't uh, know. so 
so not yet. Um, that's that's not something um, that is built into it. Uh, that is something that we're evaluating, something that we're trying to figure out. Um, if that type of functionality is something that you need today and you're okay with using a fling, uh, check out the Viva fling that uh, that William Lamb and and uh, and Michael produced. Uh, that's been seeing quite a bit of updates here lately, and and kind of basically, you know, pulls through some of your uh, some of the events and and is able to. Uh, you know, process different scripts uh, based on uh, on what it sees, uh, kind of like a event broker type deal. Um, so I, I would check that out if you need it in in the near term. Uh, Power actions and and some of these other pieces. Um, yeah, let's just keep our fingers crossed and and hope hope that that's something that's uh, that's introduced and and possible in the future. All right. Good answer. Uh, the Fluffy Stop asks any more Terraform uh, providers planned, for example, VMware Cloud Foundation, SCS Manager, or you can read it. You're in the chat. Yep. Uh, yeah. So Robert, yes, we we absolutely do have a lot more Terraform providers planned. Um, currently, as of today, we we have the uh, the VMware Cloud on AWS provider. There's an NSXT provider that's out there. Uh, there is also the there, there's a uh, there's a provider for VRA, I believe, as well. And there's one other one that I'm that I'm not thinking of off the top of my head. Uh, but then there is also the uh, those are all all providers that we've uh, you know worked on and, and released. There's also the HashiCorp supported, you know, community supported uh, vSphere provider um, that that we're starting to take a look at and trying to figure out, you know. Uh, you know, ownership and, and updates and, and, you know, that whole process. Um, I'm not certain about VCF. Uh, I, I know it's, I, I mean, we're releasing everything in, in Terraform these days. So I, I would have to assume that, you know, that's a, that's a to come or on the roadmap thing. But uh, if that is something that you're, that you're looking for, uh, you know, let me know. And, and I can definitely pass that on. Same thing with, uh, with vSAN and vVols. Uh, I, I know that's definitely been something that's asked for, um, and I'm fairly confident on that one that that, uh, that does not exist. All right. Good answer. All right. I got a Project Pacific and vSphere. Next release of vSphere is supposed to have Project Pacific uh, integrated in. If you're listening to this um, and you missed the beginning of the podcast, definitely go sign up for the launch on March 10th. Go to VMware.com and just say add to calendar and uh, come check that out. So for Project Pacific, and we talk uh, Kubernetes integration right on ESX, and you know there's going to be this thing called the uh, uh, Spherelets, right? Instead of Kubelets, it's going to be Spherelets. Um, when we're doing automation of Kubernetes, is PowerCLI engaged in that process at all from an installation perspective, setup perspective, or any other perspective that I'm just not even aware of because I don't know how any of this plays together. Um, so I'll throw that out to you and go, is there any connection between Project Pacific and PowerCLI? Uh, tricky question. Um, uh, <laughs> and if so you can't the... say say I can't say and then we'll just wait till after March 10th but if or you can just say it's a complicated question and you don't know or continue on but I'll give you the uh, out that if you're not allowed to say then just say you're not allowed to say it and we'll, we'll, we'll move on 
Yeah, I'm, I'm going to plead the fifth on, on a lot of this, but I, I will put out there, you know, if it's if it's something that has a REST API, if it's something that's following the standards that, that we've put forth internally, uh, that a lot of the other products that, that are using, there's a really good chance that there's going to be a power CLI module for it at some point in time. All right, well, that 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 probably gets to the to the to what I was looking for, right? Which is, uh, yeah, wait wait and see, wait for the launch, and uh, because we are offering up REST APIs for everything that's part of our product set, if Project Pacific is there, there's servlets in there, so there's likely there's a REST API, and then there's probably going to be a release of Power CLI that. Uh, would 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 offer up that kind of functionality, right? um, which is which. All right, cool, cool for that. Waiting for that. Um, I'm not sure what functions there are, but I'll just have to wait till the mid March to to then bring you back in and and ask you a bunch of questions on how I can control my Kubernetes world with uh, with the standard Power CLI world that uh, we're all we all love to to love. So uh, neat yeah, we, stuff. We may not have a lot of things to talk about then. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, that's nice. Um, all right. So you're, you're, we, we are coming up to almost being an hour. I think we went live at 1.15, so we have seven more minutes. And I know we have, uh, normally I ask our guests, so what's your plans for this year? What are you going to be doing and where are you going to be at? Um, but in this case, maybe I'll just say, what are your goals for this year? What are you trying to accomplish and how can the community uh, help you accomplish that? Um, so yeah, this year, uh, I, you all might know better than me at this point. Um, I, I know that I'm probably going to be seeing a whole lot more from, you know, in this setting, uh, for those of you that they can see the, uh, see the live stream there, um, you know, probably attending a lot more virtual events, which, you know, is, you know, on, on the one hand, very nice because you can, you can access a whole lot more virtual events, uh, than you can in-person events. Uh, but you know, that, that always takes away a little bit of the uh, the community and, and the uh, you know building effort of that uh, so there's going to be a lot of, of work to uh, you know overcome uh, you know some of those things um, but you know one of the things that I was looking forward to that uh, that they announced was was postponed today was KubeCon Europe uh, in Amsterdam uh, so that you know, hopefully they, they've announced that they're trying to take a look at doing that in, in the, you know, July, August timeframe. So hopefully that's something that, uh, that you'll see some involvement in. You'll, you'll definitely see me at uh, a lot of PowerShell based uh, events, you know, fingers crossed, you know, PowerShell Summit US is coming up in, in late April. Uh, so uh, good luck you know, with that if, one. If it's virtual, yep. I'll, I'll, I'll be online if it's in person. I'm definitely planning on being there. Uh, we'll we'll see about you know what happens from there. Um, but you know, worst case scenario, you'll see me a whole lot more on on this podcast. You'll you'll see me uh, doing a lot more V brown bags uh, stuff of that nature. Um, well, I know as far as gonna, you know, we're definitely going to invite you to some code ones for sure. So uh, you know, you will get an opportunity to be uh, more live than than in previous times. The other thing that we're going to be working with you on is uh, a VMware Code Wars 
uh, project that we've got going that will be kind of a capture of the flag environment where you'll be able to go download some interesting tasks. And uh, we're going to work with you, Kyle, to define what some of those interesting tasks are. That you go off and uh, write some code and then upload it. You can do it on yourself or a team, a team environment if you've ever played capture the flag events at the hackathons. Uh, in other hackathons. That's how we're going to do the hackathons this year at VMworld. And we're going to have some capture the flag stuff that we're going to work with you on to, to find some of those activities. You can go write code and then upload it and, uh, and, and, and get graded and, and, and be part of that, that environment. So lots of a code opportunities for you this, this year for coming from us. I like it. Yeah. Look forward to it. Uh, and then, you know, community-based, you know, Twitter, obviously the very easy way to, to reach out. Uh, Slack and, and the VMware code group is another fantastic way to reach out. Uh, was, I'm, I'm probably more responsive on, on those two uh, than I am to my, my email, you know, at the... Uh, any any you favorite know. projects, any kind of code you're going to think of building, any, any one little library you're thinking maybe I'll just write some cute script and upload it somewhere? in the back of your mind? Oh, so many, so many. Um, it, you know, I, I think we could apply that to configuration management in general. Uh, you know, and doing any kind of piece of infrastructure as code, I think is going to be extremely important, um, not just today, but in the future as well. So I, I think you're gonna see a lot of, uh, of that type of stuff out of me uh, going forward. Uh, so, you know, maybe not one individual script, but maybe how to do that in, in PowerShell DSC, another way to do it with Terraform, another way to do it with Ansible. Uh, you know, I, I think you'll see that that type of stuff from that I'll be focused on at least. Nice. All right, expanding, expanding, expanding ways to do it. Neat. Neat. Well, that's, I appreciate all your work. I know you're popular with everyone. Uh, everyone likes to do automation. So uh, at KM Ruddy, uh, give every, everybody give him a follow and say hello. And, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll try to give you opportunities to, to live stream all over the place because I think it's going to be one of those years. Um, <laughs> Kyle, thanks a lot for joining us on the show and just giving us a summary of what's happening with both PowerShell from that, the REST APIs, and the PowerCLI. Thanks, thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you again for having me. Yeah, good. Uh, it is at the top of the hour now, so I, we, we have two minutes left. I will ask uh, Tony Foster if he has anything on the barbecue report. Um, I, I have one small joke that I can tell about barbecuing, but uh, I'll throw it to Tony and see if there's anything in the back of his mind with regard to some nice barbecuing weather that's, that's coming our way in California. Uh, it, I had wonderful barbecue weather last night. I got to barbecue some burgers and chicken legs, and I also got to barbecue some uh, chicken-wrapped asparagus. And boy, was chicken it awesome. Chicken-wrapped asparagus. That's very nice. Yes. I got to say, got to like that. Uh, I did a whole pork loin on a grill. It was pretty nice. And uh, and then, you know, in celebration of this weird march, um, we, we got a 24-pack of Corona, and we just had ourselves a nice little Corona barbecue, right? Because you've know, got to give the nice. Corona beer some love because their sales are way off because everybody thinks if you drink a Corona beer that you're going to get the coronavirus, which is just, you know, we, we, in tech world, we know this isn't true. But, uh, but everybody can go clink yourself a glass of uh, Corona beer, give these guys some love so, that, uh, so they don't go out of business and... Uh, 
And uh, that's the barbecue report. I don't have any other barbecue, but uh, chicken-wrapped asparagus. Can't go wrong with that. The yes. weather has been beautiful here. So I'm definitely going to get to it this weekend. The bees are out making honey. Uh, everybody's happy. It's been a dry year in California, and I never did the color of the bay. It's been super sunny, and so the bay, but it's a little bit windy. So it's a, it's a dark blue with a little bit of chop today. So that's, that's what we got going uh, in the color of the bay. I was going to say, I was watching uh, the bay here a little bit earlier, and I was going to say a steel blue. There you go. Right. Yep. It's a kind of that, that, that darker blue with, with a little bit of a chop because it's uh, slightly windy. We're supposed to have a storm come in next week, so we'll, we'll be ready for that. We could use some more water in California. Uh, but we're going to get some lunch barbecued up here and, uh, and enjoy the weather while we can. Uh, thanks a lot, Kyle, for being here. We will be again next week. I think we have asked Ima Benjamin to come talk to us about some of the cloud native stuff. And again, March 10th, that's a week from today. Uh, you know, or it's a week from yesterday, I think, uh, go sign up for the launch. We'll be talking all about the launch because all the information embargoes that are uh, out there right now, we will be able to talk about things. So it's cool. Until then, have a great weekend and uh, wash your hands. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.